Hello and thank you for listening to episode 433 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for March 2022. No idea why I suddenly got so enthusiastic about it being March then. Uh, hello, Tom. Hello. I think you got enthusiastic because I sound beautiful. Oh, do you? are you... Are you really getting into people's ears well yes i mean if regular listeners will probably notice i immediately that i sound a bit nearer i guess i don't know um you'd be the best judge as you you have me in your ears every (laughs) every month at least once a month you were in both ears mate you are yes instead of using my laptop microphone I'm using a headset because I discovered in my, well, not so new job uh, now that I can actually wear a headset and it not affect my tinnitus, which is excellent. So here I am with a headset (laughs) for the first time since what would have been 2016. Yeah, yeah, literally 2016, because not only was that when I found out I had tinnitus, it's when I got this laptop. So all the rest of the time I've been talking into a mic. So first time in six years I've sounded this clear. So that's why you're excited. That's it. That's why I had to take a few minutes before we started recording. Just just the sound of your voice so close in my ears, mate. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so what's happened, mate? Anything um, before we get on to the usual 80s-related news and stuff? What's been happening of interest Ooh, over well, the last I've, month? Well, I've had a busy you. week and a bit. You always do since yeah. you moved to London. Your diary. <laughs> this is what, this is what I ne- wanted. So never been more. Got to make the most of it. I mean, I've, 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 I was saying to a friend the other day, like I burned the candle at both ends and a bit in the middle as well. Just like, just yeah. Last week's like this week coming up is pretty busy. But last week, yeah, I saw just over a week ago. I went to see Tangerine Dream. Nice. At the Roundhouse in London, that was excellent. I mean, it was a very good variety of. Um, like their classic '70s stuff. They did some. They did the theme from uh, theme from Thief. Oh, cool. uh, they yeah. did the theme from Risky Business. Uh, they also they even played the GTA Five loading map. Um, oh my god! Which uh, yeah, which um, I mean, I didn't really recognise it. I only saw it when I saw the set list later. I was like, oh, they did the, G- uh, the music of their. They contributed to GTA Five, and then they brought the guitarist out Marillion out for a couple of songs, which was amazing. And then they just did this 35-minute-long jamming session. Whoa. Where, like, they just... It sounded like a full-on piece of music, but they were just, like... They were basing it around the guitarist, Adam Marillion, and the violinist. Mm-hmm. They weren't even looking at each other. They were just doing it. I'm just like, imagine being that good where you can just, like, do a bit of, you know, do that, play like that, and you don't even need to, like, glance over to <laughs> check what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> unbelievable yeah just so impressive and uh yeah good light show and i've just never seen so many synthesizers in my life i bet it was good yeah yeah get your money's um, worth. and then um I did, uh, I did have plans last weekend but i just bin them off because the aforementioned candle at both ends thing you need you need a rest sometimes um <laughs> and then monday last week i went to see to kill a mockingbird with new aaron sorkin um play the adaptation of that which was very good mm-hmm. it's an odd thing to say that like any adaptation of to kill a mockingbird was quite funny considering what yeah. it's about <laughs> yeah. but it was very if you know aaron sorkin was writing you know it's quite humorous so mm. um yeah that was really good tuesday i uh, went to an audience with bob odenkirk um alexander palace promoting his new autobiography his memoir i should say nice. um charlie brooker interviewing him which was excellent 
just one of those nice moments where it's just like, oh, someone's come over from America. <laughs> Isn't that quaint? Uh, so that was really good. Um, what else did I do? I've got I've literally had to pull up my diary just to. You've been. I should. Through. I should point out to everybody listening that we're recording this on a Monday, and if we if we'd have had to have recorded it yesterday, it'd have been a very different show indeed. Oh my! It, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't. As I said to you, I'd have cancelled. Um, yes, I. Uh, one of the other things I did on Saturday was go to an event called Future Sounds in um, uh, Tottenham. A bar in Tottenham, uh, run by the people at New Retro Wave, who do, um, who have a uh, support and produce a lot of uh, synthwave albums and the like. Mm. And it was a sort of mixture of, well, if I say to you, Dave, it was a mixture of synthwave, vaporwave, and city pop. What? Yeah, fuck? I mean, I don't know either. I mean, I, I can't tell the difference, but it's just, you know, synthy beats that I enjoy. And it was very good. It was a, it started a bit late, about seven, finished about like, the DJ, like the biggest name DJ there, finished just before one. And we went a bit after that because, like, everyone was starting to sort of go. But it was just a very, let's just say, a heavy night. Um, a lot of dancing, <laughs> like seven hours of dancing. Um, it bounced between DJ sets and, light, and bands, which was good because I didn't have to have my earplugs in all night. <laughs> which That was good. Uh, um, yeah, it was just really good. Um yeah, there's a, a band uh, they're called New Arcades. They were good. Uh, they've been around for years. Um, there was uh, the DJ, the main DJ. He was supposed to actually be doing like a live set, but his hand he'd hurt his hand, so he couldn't play instruments. Uh, he did a DJ. He's called Sunglasses Kid. Worth checking out if you like sort of synth stuff. Uh, the best band there was a band called Iverson, uh, who are really good. Guy, the main singer out of it had a beautiful blonde permed mullet. Oh just nice. just wonderful uh, um, Runners Club 95 a really good act who's would never played live before and came over from I want to say Sweden but might be wrong but yeah they were, considering they'd never played live before it was really mm-hmm. really good so yeah it was a excellent excellent night um, it was a, a a bizarre weekend at Bernie's style incident uh, at the start of the night um, <laughs> you sent was, me a photograph didn't you fucking hell this this guy like this was before the first band like i was doing a bit of a sound check and i just looked around and there was a guy just like with someone just sprawled on a couch with sunglasses and i said to him about it's like weekend at bernie's uh sequel going on there and like we i it's one of the i know it's one of those you had to be there moments but i can't remember the last time i laughed so much i know i said it first which makes it a bit bad but my sides <laughs> were literally aching because i was just uncontrollable we took a photo of him in the back and he looked like he's like a weekend of bernie's when they put the shades on bernie <laughs> it did look like that yeah it looked just like that it was so good and i had a band shirt on i guess yeah, of ollie ride who's quite a big name in uh the synth world um and I went to see him in December at a venue yeah. called Lafayette, which is also in North London, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, it was mainly because I didn't have any clean synthwave shirts. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I'll just put that on. Little yeah. did I know he was actually attending just to hang out. And there's me, he walks in and I'm just like, oh my God, what a mark. Because I've got your shirt. <laughs> so like, I didn't, we didn't go over to him. We were just happy having a little dance and uh, listening to the music. But he came over to us and he was really nice. And we had a chat. 
said how great his gig was the other month and he was just like, oh, thanks for supporting and all of that. And then, nice. you know, like later on, he just walked past and just, you know, gave me a friendly like punch on the arm and all of that. And then he came over and said goodbye at the end. And it's oh, my like, God. What a lovely guy. So Ollie Ride, check his albums out. And he's a lovely bloke to boot. Um, and it's just nice because you, there's so many poisonous communities out there like gaming, wrestling, movies, music, and some music. It's just like there's so many like you go on social media, it's like, oh my God, these people are horrible. But the Sin 5 community, like that, what I've experienced so far, is just really nice. It's just people on the same wavelength want to chill out and listen to some cool music and have a little dance. And it's just lovely. So, um, yeah, it was a great night. Nice. nice so, um, yeah, I know I've said to you, Dave, I want to recommend you some stuff. I think you'd actually like it if you like sort of... I'll, I'll recommend you some stuff that's got guitars in it. <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah, so uh, ease you in. But no, there's some really great stuff out there, and I'm trying to. I've, I've mentioned a few today, but I'll try and mention some more each episode just to uh, people want to try something different. And yeah, yeah, of, why not? Of, of all, definitely on this show because it's you know very eighties. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, yeah. So um, you know, just for look, there was some beautiful haircuts in there. I had like the third or fourth best mullet, and I couldn't been happier about that. <laughs> Like I love going into I see I love people, you know, seeing like, oh cool, I've got I thought I had a great mullet. This guy is amazing. Well that girl's got a brilliant mullet. And like, I remember going to it might have been a gig in London. I think it might be my first gig back after a pandemic. And I went in there and there was a guy with a mullet and he saw me and he looked like someone just shit in his cereal, looked so put out. I'm just like what like what? Like, you know, I'd be I'm like, Yes, more people with mullets, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it was great. Yeah, um, I was just out of it. There's that photo. Did I uh, did I show you the photo of me? Because we got a, I got a photo of Ollie Ride. Uh, did I, I did I show you the photo? Have you seen it? Yes. <laughs> that photo accurately shows how out of it I was. Mm-hmm. I like I was just I looked at it, I just looked like a fucking state. The look at my face. <laughs> excellent night, excellent night. So and quite a lot coming up as well this week. It's another busy one. Um, Wednesday, I'm going to go and see Magnum for for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People listening. Well, by the time, well, actually, no. By the time you listen to this, when it's released, anyway, review won't be online. But yeah, I'll be. Um, get, I'll get be. Uh, yeah, by the time it's online, which is Thursday, correct? It is. Yeah, this is going so online. I'll have, I'll have t- I'm sure I'll have typed up a most of a review by then, and uh, be ringing you that way. So yeah, I'll be doing a review on the website for Magnum. Nice. A band who I've all oh, like when they played noise, I was either working or busy. So really looking forward to seeing them live. Mm-hmm. At last, I hope they play Vigilante, <laughs> my favourite Magnum song. Is that, what them. are you going to do if they do kick into Vigilante? What are you going to be like? I don't know. Probably a bit more calm than I was on Saturday. <laughs> probably just nod my head gently um um, what else on yeah and the weekend um there's a little synthwave um free event going on in stockwell that's quite near me so i thought i might as well just go to that it's just at a pub in the afternoon and then Mm. saturday evening um alex winter's in town at the prince charles cinema so um he'll be introducing and doing a q a for the lost boys bloody hell and then um He's doing an intro for a certain little thing called Death Wish Free after that. So oh, oh, oh. it's uh, showing in 35 mil. And I was just like, when will I ever see Death Wish Free in 35 mil, yeah, let alone with Alex exactly. Winter introducing his first feature? Yeah. And then the next day, a uh, friend of podcast, Rob Beardsley, and I will be uh, meeting up to go to a meet and greet with Alex Winter. So I'll get a photo, which you'll have to put up on uh, the Twitter. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, and um, yeah, then a screening of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So. Wow. A big weekend coming up. 
It's non-stop, mate. It is non-stop for you. There's a bit of stop in April, which I'm glad for, because May's already looking like we're going to have another big synthwave blast out, uh, me and a couple of friends at the start of May, so it's like, put a bit of money away. <laughs> but yeah, and Eurovision's in May, come on. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. so um, a lot going on. But as I said, this is what I wanted. <laughs> well, this is this is it. You, you know, yeah, you move to I've London. Just got to just keep going until I just don't have the energy to do it anymore. <laughs> There'll be no candle left to burn at yeah. all. Yeah, just a wick. Yeah, just a limp Soggy wick. wick. <laughs> <laughs> but but a very happy soggy wick. Yes, okay, you talk for a minute, Dave. Uh, I've got a couple of things, a shocker, but uh, you? you go next. You know what? It, <laughs> all the stuff that you've done, the, the last month, all the last month has been, mate, it has been hospital visits, uh, not me, other people. And in fact, as we sit here recording on the Monday, uh, there's a hospital visit tomorrow and Thursday this week oh, as well. Dear. It's That's all it's been. It's been that and me, which I've still got, uh, had or having the the most horrific dose of hemorrhoids. So how about that, everybody? Isn't that entertaining listening? Hospitals and hemorrhoids. Um, that could be sort of an 80s synthwave song, I guess. Hospitals and hemorrhoids. Yeah. So yeah, nothing, nothing vaguely entertaining. It sounds like it could be an emo band more than anything. <laughs> I think it'd fit, wouldn't it? Hospitals and hemorrhoids. I'm just wondering what the what the logo might be like. Might not be, not might be too like a red cross, yeah, with a shit in the middle of it, <laughs> something like that, just off the top of my head. But yeah, hospitals and hemorrhoids. Yeah, I've got, I've be. brought, I brought nothing to the table as far as stuff goes in this episode, mate. Oh, well, thank been. God, I've got not even the deaths. No, no, well, no, I've got eighties related stuff, but you know. That oh, eighties oh, related oh, news. Stuff. Oh God, but, I thought you, know. you had nothing. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, don't worry about that. Of me mate. talking. No one wants. Oh that. no, I'll be pressing <laughs> buttons and talking about eighties related stuff. But as far as I go, no, nothing vaguely entertaining, mate. All pretty horrible. So yeah, glad to get the last month out of the way. Absolutely. Uh, before we go any further, I'm going to turn my camera on because I can see you. Yes, I'm just looking. I mean, I'm just looking at your like, name, not, and, and like, I'm sat here naked. <laughs> Oh, God, that's you. just my head. Let's pull it back. Hello. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, there we are. Hello. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, coming from Skype, where, God, we didn't turn the fucking camera on. No, we couldn't do that. Your computer would explode. My laptop would jump out the window. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you've got my beautiful, you've got your lovely background, and I've got my beige wall. You're there lovely. with your with your strong beard game on the go, mate. Yeah, at least you get to see a nice mullet and beard. So that's it, and so that makes my recording all the better for it. Listeners, you're just going to have to imagine this. <laughs> <laughs> go on, then, mate. What else have you been up to? What else have you got? Okay, so uh, well, I've, I've got nothing other than eighty stuff. So do you want to do a bit of eighty stuff first? Go on, I'll I'll kick us off with because yeah, I don't know, I don't know if you've heard about this, but. And it was more or less just in passing, but I picked up on it. John Carpenter, in an interview, I forget for who it was for, mentioned that he was not adverse to filming a sequel to The Thing. To have him display interest in any film is interesting. Imagine that, that, mate. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to when we spoke to him and he was just like, couldn't care less about movies. All he wanted to do is make music and watch was it basketball and play video games yeah that was it so yeah for him to even display a modicum of interest in doing anything let alone a sequel to the thing Mm. i mean i think it'd be good you know getting 
and you know an older Kurt Russell and Keith David and they're both they're both still alive and <laughs> they're both still there oh god in the frozen wasteland like, all these years later like 40 years later we're still here it feels like, like a bit too long for them to be there for <laughs> they don't go back to civilization it would probably be case. like a case of they they've got back to civilization and then that somebody needs to go back there and they need for people who've been there before to go yeah, back yeah something like that but yeah, I mean, I doubt it will happen, but it's just hmm. interesting to hear him. Yeah, I thought that like sound interested in making a film. Yeah, because like like you said, he's not shown real much interest to get you know. Yeah, back into. The I film saw he's doing the. I think we spoke about this last time, didn't we? He's doing the score for Firestarter. Yes. Yeah. The remake and the. Uh, I mean, that doesn't look great, but at least the score will be good. Yeah, you can listen to the score if nothing else. Uh, another thing I've got film related is Indiana Jones Five that wrapped on February the twenty eighth. So I'm not sure. I don't think a release date has been announced yet. So I'm presuming end of this year, beginning of next year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my. I mean, I'll go and watch it. It's one of those. Yeah. It's like he's too old. Like, I'm. I'm expecting nothing from it. Yeah. Yeah. If our expectations I, I, yeah. are that in the toilet, then. I'm just hoping to be pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah, you. Um... You never know. I mean, Shia. Le- I mean, I, I don't mind Shia both. I didn't like him in that film, but he's got nothing to do with it. As long as they're not grooming a new Indiana Jones, because no one, will, no one's going to bite for that. Mm. Um. So we'll see. I guess there's going to be a lot of stunt double work. I would think oh for the God, indie yeah. action scenes. <laughs> Even him be... like Harrison Ford walking in a straight line. Now we need a double him. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what it's going to get. Um, before I pass it over to you, mate, I know, I know that it's been an upsetting time for you because after it, I mean, this is a TV show that began in 1985 mm-hmm. and, and was huge over here, and it stopped production now. So I think we should just take a moment for for the end of Neighbours. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone, mate. I mean, that's it's it. like I've, I mean, well, like most kids of my age or later i used to be on after the after cbbc yeah it was yeah yeah you just watched it it was on at five i can't even remember the time it's on at five thirty-five after you know whatever was last biker grove or blue peter um and you just watched it because it was on so like we've all seen it like mm-hmm. a lot and i've got no interest in like soap operas or anything like that but i think it's horrible like it's like it just it's just one of those things that's always there it's weird mm. i couldn't give a shit if they cancelled coronation street or eastenders so, well, not neighbours, <laughs> and it's literally all Channel Five's fault because they would rather do their own cheap. I mean, I don't even know if it's cheaper. They want to produce their own content, you know, mm-hmm. that no one will give a fuck about. Um, and it just feels like oh, I don't know. It, it, it's a real shame. Um, it is because Channel Five over here for people outside of the UK, Channel Five, and you know, mate, I don't watch like loads of television, but to me, Channel Five seems to be mostly these documentaries of like you said cheap cheap ass documentaries about i don't know the man who ate 700 sausage rolls in a week and you know all ridiculous yeah. stuff that's turn your brain off or okay and then i'm not saying neighbors was you know the the pinnacle of uh, intelligent um, entertainment but yeah it, yeah yeah it just feels like it's just something that's been there 
for as long as I can remember, well, for as long as I've, I mainly know it's 84, that was, um, you know, I was alive a little bit longer b- before it started, <laughs> but it's always been there. And it yeah. just feels very strange that it just won't be on anymore, even though I've got not watched it in decades and I've got no interest in it. It's just like, wow, mm. it's just really, really weird. And uh, yeah, such a shame for everyone involved, really. And it's all because of fucking Channel 5, just being tight asses. <laughs> it's such a shame. It's just like, Sorry, you know, anyone who watches it in Australia, like obviously the main money of the viewership was coming from the UK, but it's just mm. like, yeah, sorry, everyone else. We fucked that for you. Yeah, that's it. No, you're no wonder everyone hates this country. <laughs> yeah, along with everything else, like, yeah. Yeah, just add, add being responsible for neighbours being cancelled to yeah. the list. Go on then, mate, over to you. Yes, well, the first one is like, I mean, God, it was, it was sort of dated within three days of me wanting to talk about it. So it's sort of like... And especially, like, what's happened... I mean, God, even this will be dated by the time it's going out. Like, obviously, it was the Oscars last night. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the talk of uh, award season was Sam Elliott's reaction to the power of the dog um, and not being a fan of um, the themes in that film. Mm. Now, like, you've seen The Power of the Dog as well. It's Great excellent. Film. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Great film. And Sam Elliott came across as a little, a little, a little homophobic <laughs> in his comments. And it's just like, mate, you were in Roadhouse. <laughs> like, have you ever watched that film back? <laughs> but but it's, oh, yeah, I mean, I know it's, you know, that was weeks ago, but I just thought I'd mention like, like we love Sam Elliott, you know, like his oh, performance. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, mate, like, I think... And I think it was Jane Campion herself was just like, well, she called him a bitch, which which was brilliant. Um, And she was just like, you're an actor, not a cowboy. It's just like, oh, lovely. Yeah. So um, I know anything awards, you know, when you talk about the awards this year now, it will just be about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. But um, yeah, I I was just like, no, I'm going to bring that up because Sam Elliott deserves to be rinsed for that. (laughs) Now, the next thing, Mm -hmm. let me just call up my little... My little thing on Letterboxd here. So the Rolling Stone have published a list of the 100 mm. greatest movies of the 80s. But the oh. 100 greatest movies of the 1980s. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to run through the highlights from 100 to 26. Then I'm going to run through the top 25 and see what you thought. Okay. So um, so just some of the highlights. So number 97, Miracle Mile. Oh, well, let's have a quick plug for any new listeners that if they want to listen to our interview show with the director and writer, Steve Tucharnett. Um, it's it's out there. Go and do it. And you could even watch us chatting with him on YouTube. Yes, yeah, you can see us. You can see him. Yeah. They go, um, got to get the like, gratuitous plug in, mate. Well, you know? of course, of course. So this isn't your usual, you know, immediately this isn't your usual, like, obvious films. Hmm. Um, it's number 93, is Near Dark. Cool. Okay, uh, 85, Bill and Ted. Yeah. 84, Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. 78, Police Story. Okay. Uh, let me see, what else have we got? That's number 70, The Killer. Yeah. I mean, like, when I say this isn't your obvious obvious film list, Back to the Future's at number 65. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, let me see, what else have we got? We've got um, Thief at number 52, mentioned that earlier. Yeah, good film. Uh, let me see. Or do I just scroll straight to my neighbour Tortoro at number thirty-nine? I've not seen that. Yeah, the Ghibli one, which I 
yeah, I mean, I because Ghibli's are so, you know, like they've, you know, they kept their animation quite similar for a long time. Sort of forget that's a 80s film. Uh, they Live at number 33. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice to see that so high. But let's go to the 25. Let's go to the, oh, number 27, E.T. I've, no, I, what? I, I, what's I, I, that about? No. What's that about? I don't know. I've not seen okay. it. <laughs> okay, the top 25. Number 25, Robocop. Oh, yeah, definitely. Number 24, Paris, Texas. Yes. Number 23, The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. Number 22, American Wealth in London. Oh, cool. I'm wondering, I'm waiting, is that, have I seen, and have you seen all of the top 25? I'm good so far. So far, yeah. Number 21, that's where my run ends. Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense. Yeah, I've not seen that. Yep. Yes, I've not. 20, <laughs> Blowout. Oh, okay. I've not seen that in a long time. Okay, number 19, Something Wild. That doesn't sound familiar. That is, I have seen that. That's a Jonathan Demi one with, is it Jeff Bridges? Uh, Jeff, sorry, Jeff Daniels and Melanie Griffiths, Wary Liotta as well. I would, before you go any further as well, for everybody listening, I would, I would love to know how many out of the 25 you've watched. Is there anybody out there that's watched all 25? Because we, yeah. we've, what, we've pulled up on two, two of them up to now, I think? Um, I'm, I've seen something wild. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I've not seen one and you've not seen two. Okay. Okay, let's keep let's keep track. Um, number eighteen, say anything. Yeah, yeah. Also, I'll say if I haven't. Um, yeah, same here. Number yeah. number seventeen, raising Arizona. Oh, guy, yeah, that's great Nick Cage film. Number sixteen, The Shining. See, I'm, I think we said, didn't we? I'm not not a, I'm not a big fan of it. Not a big fan. You and Stephen King alike. <laughs> number fifteen, Die Hard. Ooh, that would, four- been, that would have been a lot of people's top 10, I would have yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. Number 14, Brazil. Wow, Brazil above above Die Hard. I mean, the two completely different types of film, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Brazil. It's an interesting chart. Number 13, we just spoke about it, The Thing. Yeah. Number what? 12, Come and See. From the title, that means nothing to me. Come and see, no. Directed by Elam Klimov. It's one of the top films, rated films on... Uh, yeah, it's a 4.6 on Letterboxd. I believe it's, if not the highest rated film on Letterboxd, it's the second highest. Bloody And hell. I think the Prince Charles Cinema are showing it in a couple of months or in the next two months. I might go and see it if the time is right. So. Oh, I might have to put... Well, I will have to put that onto my watch list then. Yeah, interesting. Um, number 11... Sex Lies and Videotape. Mm-hmm. Number 10, Raiders of a Lost Ark. Okay. Number 9, The Thin Blue Line. I'm saying yes, that sounds familiar, although I couldn't tell you what it is. A documentary uh, reenacting a crime scene and an investigation of a police officer's murder in Dallas. I've not seen that. No, I'm going to change my mind. I don't think I have. That's four no's for me now, then. Number, was it eight? Uh, Stranger Than Paradise, the Jim Jarmusch film from 1984, which I have not seen either. I've not seen that. Number seven, Blade Runner. Yes, of course we've seen that. Number six, Shoah. No. 
This is a nine and a half hour documentary on the Holocaust without <laughs> using a single frame of archive footage, interviews of survivors, witnesses, and ex Nazis. No, I've not seen that. That's six of them. Very I've highly seen. rated, but I don't know when I'd have time to sit down and watch a nine and a half doc- hour documentary about anything. So. Yeah, I don't think I'll put that on my watch list. Okay, into the top five. I have seen number five, Ran, the Akira Kurosawa film. Nope. That's seven. No, I've not watched. Uh, next up is Blue Velvet. Yes, I've seen that. Number three is Raging Bull. Oh, yes, of course. Number two is Videodrome. Wow, yeah. Not seen it in a long time, but yeah, watched it a good few times. And number one, any 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 guesses on what number one might be? Obviously, it's a Stallone film. <laughs> over the top. After <laughs> over the top. Akira Kurosawa's <laughs> Ran. Say, yeah. After nine and a half hour documentaries about the Holocaust. <laughs> over the top. Over the top. Nice. Good choice, everybody. Good choice, Rolling Stone. That wasn't it. <laughs> that would be that would just knock the Rolling Stone readers for dead, wouldn't it? Imagine if they did that. Are you gonna just put me on mute while I say what it actually was? So you just believe it was it's, yeah, I'll just I'll just put my fingers at my ears and go la 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 and then you can say whatever and I will just think it is over the top. I'm afraid I think there wasn't even a single Stallone film in there. Or That's a single Schwarzenegger film. Disgusting. Yeah, that concludes the Terminator. I don't think Terminator was in there. Oh my god, that list is irrelevant then. Number one was Do the Right Thing. Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting list for sure. It not, is your, an not your obvious list. top 180s movies there, which is Where why I wanted was... to talk about it because I just thought it was quite an interesting list. I can't. I'd be hard pushed. Wouldn't you be hard pushed to do, even if you did, even if you had to do a top 10? I think it. Oh, it would be pretty tough because there's so many awesome movies. Yeah, it would be a tough one. But, um, you know, I'd, I mean, I'd throw Day of the Dead in there. Yeah. I'd um... Shotgun. <laughs> yeah, Shotgun, <laughs> Samurai Cop. <laughs> I'd have to do two different lists. One legit one and one for those sort of films. Yeah, yeah, we would have to do that, I think. So, yeah, interesting list. As Dave said, if you've um, out of the top 25, let us know how many you've not seen. I think if you, you said seven or eight, I, mean, I wasn't think it, it? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a mine would be one less than that because I saw um, something wild and you hadn't. Yeah, is there anybody out there that's seen all 25? Oh, look so, at the list. Well, look at the list. You can see it on Letterboxd, I'm sure, or probably the Rolling Stone website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you've seen how many of the 100 have you seen? <laughs> I mean, it should tell me actually because it gives you a percentage on Letterboxd. I mean, that I've seen in the last since 2012 i've seen 47 of them since 2012 that's pretty good going almost half in yeah, the last 10 years. yeah i mean that, that's not as i say my letterbox only goes back to um so there might be a few more probably not too many more so maybe i've seen about 50 percent hmm. i'll um, go through it actually we should for the april show we should have a look and get an exact figure of how many out of the hundred yeah and then yeah, it'd be good to do yeah i couldn't do it now because i'd have to go into each film yeah I thought we'll do it before the sure, next show yeah. and then but i guess i'd say 50 maybe just a few more extra yeah but um yeah interesting and then, yeah and then again everybody listening if you know you've got a month now to let us know how many out of that hundred you've <laughs> you've watched as well who's who's watched the most who's watched the least that'll be yeah let's let's find out that um Here's a film that you do want to watch, mate. I sent you a link to the trailer for it, and it's upcoming. Amityville in space, <laughs> and I anyone, can't. I still anyone, can't say it without laughing. Anyone can do an Amityville film. There's no. It's like Night of the Living Dead, isn't it? There's no, like, it's free property, isn't it? Um, well, this is it because I was looking I at the director. The director is um, 
Mark Polonia. So oh, I was Mark looking. Man. And he's he's like quite a prolific director. He's he's got currently I mean, he's edited a lot. He's got 74 editing credits. He's got 71 directing credits. He's really into the Amityville franchise because when you look back at films that he's directed, you've got, going back to 2015, you've got Amityville Death House. Then, two years later, you've got Amityville Exorcism. And then, it doesn't end there, mate, 2020, Amityville Island. <laughs> what? It's just going everywhere. Uh, before this year's Amityville in Space. There's just no end to these films, because I think anyone could just make a film about, with the word Amity. You know what else they can make a film Bill. about, mate? Anything. <laughs> and this again, this guy is a good example of it. Anything with the word shark in it. <laughs> Beginning with, here's some examples again. What He's directed Sharkenstein. <laughs> Land Shark. <laughs> Brilliant. And just dies within a few minutes. Shark Encounters of the Third Kind. Should have been called Shark Encounters of a Shark Kind, but okay. Yes. <laughs> Virus Shark. Nice. Jur- Jurassic Shark Two. I had rem- I had heard of Jurassic Shark, but um uh, it's recently completed Sharkula, which I guess is a vamp <laughs> a vampire shark. Fuck's sake. When's he gonna do the Amityville shark? Oh mate, that would be his, the perfect His crossover. two interests collide. Oh, he'd be he'd have a permanent erection filming that, mate. It just that would be too much for him. His you know. his two main loves all in one. Uh I'd probably watch it though. That's the that's the sad thing about it. <laughs> yeah, so I sent you the trailer to that. Um I did send you a link, but I think you said you'd already watched it. A music yes, video. I would I would encourage anybody listening to this, because hopefully, you know, you have got at least some interest in the 1980s. Uh, and you'll remember New Kids on the Block, the American band. They've got a new song out, a new video out, and it's Bring Bring Back the Time, featuring Salt and Pepper. And it's got, I love, I mean, the song's all right, actually. But I love the video. It's so many awesome nods to the eighties. Yeah, it's um, yeah, Rick Astley, Salt and Pepper. Um, uh, I can't remember who else. It's it is a good song. It's like the first time I watched it. It's like, is this a good song, or are they just taking yeah. the piss? It's like, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, the video is fun. It's like, okay, it's, it's all right. Yeah, I would. Like I said, anybody with any interest in the eighties, give give it a listen and definitely watch the video. Yeah, yeah, it's best with the video. Definitely. Yeah, it is best with that. Uh, there is um, a eighties sci-fi documentary now out. If you go to eighties sci-fi doc dot com, it's called In Search of Tomorrow, and yeah. you can buy it. I mean, so. are these the guys who are supposed to do the Robo Doc? I don't know. I just because I just... think it's the same. You know, like Facebook groups is being shared on, and I'm just like because they did the well the horror ones that ended up on Shudder. I think it's the ah, same. Ah, okay. And it's just like, what happened to that RoboCop one that you were just going on about for ages? It just hasn't appeared yet. So why don't you finish that first? Because <laughs> this sci-fi one's got Peter Weller on it, so it must have been when they were talking about RoboCop. It's like, oh, are you just yeah. not doing the RoboCop one anymore? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. I think it's the same people or the same production company at least, and it's just like just fucking. There was another one as well. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, they do documentaries. And they're all right, the documentaries. That's the thing. But it's yeah. just like, focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see a, a really good RoboCop documentary. Yeah, because there was talk. I mean, I don't know if it was... I, I, 
considering that it's still not come out when arrow released robocop um and i was talking it might be on there but like obviously they hadn't even finished it so it never was which is a shame but yeah obviously not arrow's fault but uh hmm. yeah yeah it's just like why do you just finish all you're doing and then do the next one not <laughs> sort of stop halfway through especially as it's crowdfunded yeah and then move on to another one and bring that out it's just like that nah, just go back people have paid for this literally i'll have to keep an eye open then yeah i mean i might watch it if it's on a streaming service that i don't have to pay for but yeah i mean the horror one appealed to me more because a lot of it was just like everything you've already heard about you know you've heard about it already it had a good synthwave soundtrack as well by the way um <laughs> but it was, it was just sort of nice hearing people talk about the films and then there was a, they did a second one um and there's a few more obscure films and you just get a little list that's the thing isn't it with these yeah that's what i like about that and then you it usually sort of flags up oh i've not seen that and then Mm. you start adding to your letterbox watch list all the time um i've got as well gremlins animated prequel series called secrets of the mogwai that's coming up i think it more than likely it's coming up on some streaming service one of the many hundreds of which there are now but I thought yeah, it could be interesting. A prequel, animated. A bit more Gremlins. Yeah, I have heard about this. So, yeah, I'll give it a go if it surfaces. Hmm. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, now, obviously, there is... Yo, Polly! Sly News. I can see the look of... of... This is the look I give every every month. And now you can see it on my face, <laughs> on my shake of a head. How many times have I said, mate, over the last few months that putting Rambo into video games is in another one? Is in one called Rogue Company. Rogue Company. I've lost count of the amount of times that Rambo has now been put into video games over the last few months. It's ridiculous. What? Just give me a decent Rambo game. Stop putting him into all these other ones. Just give me a decent Rambo game. Or uh, a sort of Sims-like game where you could control what he does. That'd be good. You could dress him up. That'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. Different colored I mean, you, headbands. You've got, you've got the dollies behind you. It's not I've enough. got the dollies. I've even got that. Got the T-shirt on now. A T-shirt, the dollies, the dollies. But yeah, no. If you had a Sims-like game where you could just like watch him shit and stuff like that, that'd be. <laughs> I'd never hear from you again. <laughs> yeah. Lock him. I don't know. Troutman in the house together. That'd be good. I don't know. Like Frank comes round and he's got to try and like get him to fuck <laughs> off because he's. I'm going to start work on it. That's it. And that, that's my IP now. I'm claiming it. I'm going, to, I'm going to take it from you. There is there is one more. Yo, Polly! Uh, and I sent you the link to this. This is ridiculous. So, of course, Sly's got... You know, Sly's big on Instagram. And there's the Sly Stallone shop. And there's his art page for all the artwork. There is now a website called planetsly.com. Yes. They're even doing NFTs on there yeah i don't really like someone's explained to me what nfts are and i still don't know apart it's, from a waste of money that's, well, that's that, one thing it's that thing <laughs> where like i used to be with it and they changed what it was and now what it is is oh it's scary to me i just like <laughs> it's the first thing i was talking to this with my old housemate like it's the first thing with like trend thing hmm. that i have no idea what it is even when it's explained i just don't 
get it. And it's the first thing in my life. I'm just like, oh, God, I've reached that point where I just yeah. don't <laughs> know. I don't understand. It's just like, why would you want to pay this money for a photo which you can just right-click or hold down on your phone and save if it's a photo? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I've had it explained to me. It just... It's just with me. Yeah, I just don't get it. And I'm just like, oh, man, I think we're most... Oh, man, this is the first thing. Like, I just don't get it. And it's just because it's like it's a generational thing and I just don't understand it. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) I was watching... I was right. Yeah, you're at that point now, mate. Get used to it. That like, like that's the first TikTok. of many. I understand TikTok. I don't really get it. Like I've occasionally download it when someone sends me a video, mm. and it's just like, well, I understand what it is. It's short videos, but like, why? Like, I don't really. So I understand what it is, but I don't really understand why that particular platform took off. Where yeah, you could just do it on any platform. Yeah, but I know what it is. NFTs, like. Mate. <laughs> I watched. I watched the short video the other day. Uh, and it's there's a vending machine. It was somewhere. I think it was in America somewhere. So you go to a vending machine and you pay, I don't know how much it was. Let's say, for example, five dollars hmm. and out drops. It's a little cardboard box. And then you open the cardboard box. And in that cardboard box, there's a little cardboard slip that you take out. And on that little bit slip is a barcode. Then you scan the barcode with your phone and these i think the collection was called it was it was an nft uh machine and the collection i think it was called the something or other colors collection so the guy he scans the barcode with his phone and then it comes up with this particular shade of blue it's a fucking blue square right and he's got it and it's like, oh, yeah, he's got this. He's added that to his collection of different colours now. It's a fucking blue square on his phone. He's paid for I, it. And, I, and hope, I hope they're very happy with it. He's gone, and the vending machine, so of course the card, you know, the, the box and the slip of paper with the barcode on, that's waste. Why yeah. can't you just get it online on your phone instead of going to a fucking vending machine? But then you've got a square bit of blue on your phone that you've paid like five dollars for great and that's part of the collection i just i don't get nfts either i really don't yeah i don't like what's the point it's just fleecing idiots yeah it sounds like so yeah people are just like oh wow we can really just people really are this dumb so we can even just like sell them a blue square for five dollars yeah and they'll be over the moon so yeah, I just don't understand. Just Google blue square, right click or hold down, save yeah. on your phone, and then yeah. that's, you've got a blue square. Go oh, to, it's mine though. Go go to like a paint store, and they've got for free. They've got color charts. You grab a few of those, and you've got a shit ton of different colors for free, all there in front of you. Yeah. I mean, it's like <laughs> I was about to say, like if you downloaded a photo of a blue square off google like google image search or if it was a photo of gene simmons or stallone and you i mean would you like and if you saved it to your phone you i mean i guess you would consider it yours like oh that's my photo i've got mm-hmm. that like i've got loads of photos on my phone um which i've just saved off google or other web yeah, other yeah. websites um <laughs> Uh, like, you know, and I'm just like, I don't consider them mine, but I wouldn't really be like, if I downloaded, I, okay, say like the hard ticket to Hawaii because that poster's behind you. If I downloaded a photo of that, 
and then I got an NFT, scanned a barcode, and did it like an NFT vending machine, and it was a, it was that. What's the difference? Like, it's just a photo on your phone, yeah, or on your laptop, or on tablet, or whatever. It's like I don't get it. I just don't get it. There's nothing. And what if it's like, oh, it's you know, like I don't know. Maybe it's Gene Simmons stood in front of a gig, you know, like a backstage photo, which is exclusive, but. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> just why are you selling it in this manner? I, I don't, don't know. I, I just no. don't get it. And I don't think I ever will. And that's it, the first thing in my life that I'm just like, nope, this is beyond me, <laughs> which is a shame. It makes me feel a little old. So. <laughs> I will say, for anybody listening, uh, if you want if you want our podcast logo, just go anywhere. It's online in loads of places. Right-click on it, save it. It's yours for free. There you go. Don't have to you don't have to pay for it if you want that and there's blue in it as well oh yeah if you found a blue like that chump that bought a, <laughs> a picture of blue then you'll be yeah well away so but yeah got, stallone's you've... on the nft train stores yeah. probably told him how to do it it's probably but yeah even me the sly fan that i am would go no thank you, no, thank like, you. yeah it's nothing it's nothing it's not it's not something you can own no. really no even my own photos, even if I took a photo of, even like a, a photo of me with Ollie Ride from Saturday, you know, that's of me on my phone. I mean, it wasn't taken on my phone, admittedly, but like, that's not, I still don't think that's my photo. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, yeah. I know, I'm just repeating the same thing. Somebody but. please explain NFTs to us. Somebody already has, and I'm still like, what? <laughs> Uh, there is, there's another button I've got to press, unless you've got any other, uh, no, just stuff. get on with your favourite. Okay then, here we go, here's my happy tune. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> there's only two, mate, there's only two. Oh, that's nice. Uh, William Hurt, passed away, oh, yeah. age 71, uh, renowned actor, of course, and I mean, again, just sticking to the 80s you begin in 1980 with altered states hmm. and you've got films like you know body heat the big chill gawky park broadcast news just then that's just a little bit of his 80s yeah you know great great actor sadly missed uh one that i'm guessing people outside of the uk will have no idea about when i say peter bowles Oh yeah, mm. yeah. He uh, he passed away, aged eighty-five. Character actor over here in the UK, mostly for TV stuff, usually playing uh, an upper-class cad, very posh. He, he sort of nailed those characters um, to the manner born, obviously being like the biggest one, I guess, that he's, yeah. he's known for. Where he was uh, Richard Devere. That'll give you a bit of an idea of the characters he played. Came to my attention in 1979 in Only When I Laugh, which was a a sitcom based in a hospital. And then, of course, it, I think it was 79 when To The Manor Born started as well. But, yeah, he was a, a big character actor over here in the UK. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only two I have, mate. Um, before we well, go on. brief at least. Yeah, yeah, not... <laughs> Not a huge list. Let's hope the list that list stays very brief every month. Says you. Are we going to go on to uh, this episode's movies now? I think so. Yeah, I've got nothing else. So uh, let's okay, do then. it. Let's let's go on to the first one, which is my first time watch pick. Trick or treat! 
When was the last time you went trick-or-treating? Trick-or-treat! Aren't you too old to be trick-or-treating? When was the last time you babysat on a Halloween night? Are you here, kid? You must be Linda. Yes? But I haven't met your little boy yet. Oh, he's around somewhere. You'll find him. Or he'll find you. Christopher, where are you? You're cute. Are you the babysitter? Is everything all right? Your son is a holy terror. Christopher is being a perfect angel. Ah! Help, help! Do you know the story about the boy who cried wolf? <laughs> Quit playing with yourself. I'm formulating my plan of escape. You're crazy. A dangerous lunatic has escaped from Western State Hospital. Hello? I'm coming home. When was the last time you were chased by a deranged madman? <coughs> Trick or Treats, starring Jacqueline Giroux. Shut up! Peter Jason, Gillian Kessner. <gasps> and Chris Graver as Christopher. Special guest appearances by David Carradine, Carrie Snodgrass, and Steve Railsback. Check on a treat! Next time, don't be so quick to open your door. <laughs> that was the incredibly long trailer for 1982's Trick or Treats. I have got as well, mate, I've got the short version. There is a short trailer, which I think sums it up better than the long version. So here's the short trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sums it up perfectly. That's, That's a much better. A toilet, but water's swelling again and everything. <laughs> That's a much better uh, representation of the film, I think. Yeah. It is. Oh, God, here we go. It's currently a 3.9 on IMDb, which is outrageously generous for this. The synopsis is a babysitter is stuck watching over a young brat on Halloween night who keeps playing vicious pranks on her. To add to her trouble, the boy's deranged father has escaped from an asylum and is planning on making a visit. I thought it was her father, not the boy's. Yeah, it was. It's her father because David Carradine's his dad. Am I, is that correct, or did I just tune out at... To add to a trouble, the boys do range far... No, the, David Carradine played the dad. No, the and her, him and David Carradine... played the parents. David Carradine is the boy's stepfather. Oh. oh. God, I clocked out early. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, okay, let's, let's take us through this to save everybody listening the pain of actually watching it. So we get, we begin with a middle-aged couple on the back porch of their house. The guy who looks like he's Meatloaf's brother. Did you think I thought he'd got? And Tina did thought he yeah. looks like Meatloaf. A real you know a real look of him. Could have passed for his brother. 
And <laughs> there's no explanation why, all of a sudden, the two men in white coats, literally men in white coats, come in, chase the guy around their garden and swimming pool in almost... All it needed was, like, the Keystone Cops music or Benny Hill music or something. It's a ridiculous chase around the swimming pool. Capture him, put him in a straitjacket, and take him to an asylum. That was probably the best bit of the film. It probably was. It wasn't very good, but in comparison, it was a, a highlight. And why Why did they come and get him? We know that his wife was in on it, but why she wanted him to go to an asylum, I don't know. Unless she wanted him out of the way to, you know, then marry David Carradine, I guess. Can I also say, right at the beginning as well, the reason I picked this is because of David Carradine and Steve Railsback. And the fuckers are in it for like about four minutes in total. Yeah, I didn't think you'd ch- check letterboxed. <laughs> Back to his old tricks. I was like... We, oh, we implemented God. rules, Dave, and he was just like, oh, Steve Roseback's in it. It can't be bad. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> so we know, So he's gone. He's gone to the uh, the asylum, of which we'll come back to in a little bit later. We then cut to the babysitter, the young babysitter who's going to... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, what sorry. What babysitter? The babysitter who's an aspiring actress that is going to go to the house. The young babysitter is what you said, Uh, and there's a lot of words that can be used to describe this this actress, but young is not one of them. (laughs) She looked about 40. This is that bully in Christine levels of just like, how old are you? I mean, he looked like he was in Man of War, but like, she looks like like well into her 30s, early 40s. And she's playing the teen babysitter. And it was noticeable, especially when there was younger characters coming to the door, like to trick or treat. And she just looked like their mum. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing wrong with having a babysitter of that age, but to try and portray them as Fair a enough. high school student yeah. or something is was yeah. ridiculous. That That is a valid point, mate. Definitely. And she, she's I mean, young in... compared to you. Yes. Well, that's it. <laughs> David Carradine was young compared to me looking at this. So she's she's in a relationship with Steve Railsback, who is an actor, and they had him for, I don't know, two hours one afternoon. Utterly and pointless. Like completely why pointless. Even, he was just such a nothing character. Like anyone could have played that character. He's just a guy on the other end of a phone. Yeah. Getting Backstage. his makeup done in a yeah. like probably on the set of another film. Like, oh, yeah. can we just film you? So weird. Yeah, ju- just a pure excuse to get Steve Rails back in on the credits. Yeah. Which, well, it, and David, it and David Carradine and Carrie Snodgrass were weren't much better. Like David, I've never seen someone so bored. Well, he's just going through the motions with their lines. That's it, because now the the so the 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 guy who's now in the asylum, his wife has now shacked up with David Carradine, and they yes. are both they're both magicians, and dress like, well. They're both magicians. They're dressed like magicians because it's Halloween night and they've got loads of magic stuff in the room. The the son, who, like I said, David Carradine's the stepdad, their son is an aspiring musician, musician, magician. He's got a guillotine in his bedroom. He's got all these magic trick things. Their um, son is a cunt. <laughs> he is. I'm going to call him, I'm going to call him Alf. Because now is is um, he is so it was written and directed by Gary Graver. Yeah, here we go. 
And surprise, surprise, the, the son is played by his his son. <sighs> Just yeah, oh, yeah. The word this. What's that word? It always escapes me when I want to talk. When we nepotism, there it is. At yeah. its absolute finest. I'll get my kid to do it. Yeah. I bet everyone on the set hated that kid. Well, the, the and we're son. just like, this film is going to be a bit like he dominated the film, <laughs> it's... and he's awful. And I know we'll get into it, but like, he dominated it. It was yeah. all over, especially like until the final act, basically when it finally turned into a slasher, which we'll get to. But it's yeah. just like it was just the kid, the kid, the kid, the kid, and he's all probably sat behind the camera like, oh, here's my son, and everyone else is just like. This little shit. It is. So, not an. I mean, not an actor. Just no. irritating. Really, really. One of the all-time, in my opinion, irritating child performances. Top. I was going to say top five, but I'm going to put it top three. Easily. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Easily I could. I mean, I'd have to have a think, but I probably would have to agree. Yeah. So the director, like I say, director and writer Gary Graver, his son. Christopher, uh, whose character name is Chris as well. But I'm going to call him Alf. Uh, I think it's quite fitting, quite suitable, because uh, it also stands for Annoying Little Fuck. So <laughs> he's, he's going to be known as Alf from now on. I mean, so, what, there was a, like, you knew you were in for trouble when you saw this Gary Grover wrote it, directed it, edited it. Like, his name was all over the credits, and that's yeah. always a bad sign. I mean, he, he didn't quite star in it, but the next best thing, he got his kid to be one of the main characters. Yeah, he's annoying. Uh, he's always, you know, like when you think of Tommy Wiseau in a room, when you just see written by, directed by, and loads of other stuff is produced by. It's like, oh, no, oh. it's a vanity project of some sort. <laughs> so you, you've got so you've got the, the Alf's mum and stepdad, David Carradine, dressed up as magicians. Now, the, so it's Halloween night. They're dressed up as music. Why do I keep saying musicians? For fuck's sake, magicians. And they say they now they do at some point. David Carradine and the mum say we need to catch a flight to somewhere for this Halloween party. <laughs> Yeah, they're now not it's coming all... back. They've had enough of a gift. Yeah, but it's it's already dark on Halloween night. They're making Where... it up. They just want to get away from the kid. That's you it. Know, yeah, we've got to get a flight to a party. When you're back. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah, 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 you're, you're, soon. Bye. They're going next door but one, mate. We all know that, or across the road. Because you can't, when it's... when it's you got all... a moving van? <laughs> yeah. Why are you just walking? Why have you got no suitcases? <laughs> when it's already dark on Halloween night and they've got to get to the airport and then get a flight and then go to wherever and get there in time, it just doesn't, the whole, and everything that happens in this happens over the course of a few hours. The whole timeline thing just does not work whatsoever. So they're, so they're buggering off. Um, but be, So the Alf, he's pissed off because he can't go trick-or-treating and that's what he wants to do. So he throws a fit, the first of many fits that he throws because he can't get his own way poor fucker so the babysitter comes across the very young babysitter comes across yeah, yeah. and then david carradine with his wife there and he's dressed up as the, as this magician not musician and he's got like a cigar on the go and a brandy and he is a lechy fuck when she comes in he's all over and he pins her 
against the wall and he's like drawing on this cigarette and swigging this brandy and he said oh do you want to drink brandy no i don't he didn't even he, know the cameras were rolling at that point that was yeah he, he, he... <laughs> also another to your point about this why are they if they're getting a flight to this halloween party why are they already in costume yeah you'd like go to your hotel or what have you another they're another making up they're making it up it is next door but one it really is that's why they're going there but he oh it's a horrible scene he's like he really like forces brandy onto her and he starts doesn't he start unbuttoning her top when his missus walks in because he's he's virtually drooling down her cleavage <laughs> before he has to whisk off to the airport right uh, so then it cuts to, right, we go back to, to Alf's dad, who is in an asylum. Mate, it is. It is the worst, the worst representation of an asylum I have ever seen on I screen. I hate this shit. Where, uh, it's one of my bugbears <laughs> with films. It's just like shit-looking institutions <laughs> like that, where it's just a room and they've just got people going, walking around with a teddy bear or something in the background. It's just so cheap-looking. I don't think there's anything as cheap-looking as, like, a mock-up asylum-slash-institution. This is the worst. Sanitary, like, anything like that. It's just, like, there's nothing worse when such... They've just got, got three tables and a white wall, and it's just have some people it's walking around with a sheet as well, toy. isn't it? It's not even a wall. It's a sheet is the background that they've used, and a few tables and chairs. It looks absolutely terrible. And we've seen... You know, we've seen some cheap films over the years, but this, this was just absolutely Yeah, tricky. crosses a line. Yeah. Nobody wears pants in there. Nobody got pants on in this asylum. I don't know why. Not necessary, really, for the sake of the story. They could have worked, kept the pants on. Um, so then we go to the Alf again. He's in his bedroom and he's showing off his magic stuff to the babysitter. He's, he... he guillotines is it a lettuce or a cabbage or something uh is dressed as the fonz that's his halloween outfit is the fonz which is a bit weird um and this is where he gets he, he really does become annoying little fuck so he's tricking the, the babysitter he does a trick with smoke he does a hand buzzer thing he's, he's really like you said he's really the most annoying kid character that I can remember. I can't think of any other off the top of my head at all. We then go into scenes where it goes, shit asylum, annoying little fuck. Yeah. Shit asylum, annoying little fuck. It's and really it's- hard to get through this film. Like, even when he eventually, I know we'll get to this, he escapes from the asylum. It's just him getting to the house. And as you say, it's just like one thing and another. So you don't know what's worse, like the cheapest set ever. Or the annoying little fuck, and it just bounces back and forth, and and the back other. and forth, and it's just like there's no escape from it. It's no. just, and it was like okay, you, you can't look forward to. Oh, you got to look forward to. Oh, going back to the asylum. Then you're there, like oh, you got to look forward to. Ugly little kid, great, <laughs> brilliant, and then it just it. goes on. And are on. we ever? Are we ever going to see what's happened to like, you know, Mum and David Carradine, and their, what magic are they doing? Are they at the airport yet? We don't know. Oh, what's happening with Steve Rails back end? No, because they finished their two-hour slot they'd had for filming them. So we'll we'll give up on them. We'll just <laughs> stick to this white sheet asylum and the annoying little fuck. So it, it does. It goes back and two between both of those. Where again, watching it, 
I was just getting progressively more pissed off and annoyed with it. And then the guy, he he escapes the asylum and he steals a nurse's uniform and a wig. Now, again, he's a pretty big guy. Like I said, you know, strong look of, you know, well, definitely meatloaf. Yeah, a bit. And but in a in a long dark wig and a nurse's outfit. Now, again, so now instead of going annoying little fuck asylum constantly back and tail, it goes annoying little fuck him escaping through the streets of wherever in a nurse's uniform and wig. Yeah, the amount of people that see this guy in a nurse's uniform and a wig who looks like meatloaf and do not click. That is a that it's a guy in a nurse's uniform and a wig. They all think, yeah, it's a woman. One guy comes on to him and really wants, you know, a night of passion with him. And it's like, what? Yeah, what? like we've got this lame comedy as well that gets thrown in, like like the asylum sort of a comedy bits as well, because you've got that sort of like his mate in the asylums, just like like one of those awful, oh, yeah. offensive, like comedy representations of someone in an institution. And then when he's in drag, like that's all played for laughing. It's just brutal. So it's just, it's obviously it's not funny. It's just, it's uh, not funny at all. Not in the slightest bit. And then we get introduced to two female film editors who are editing a horror film. So young, (laughs) you'd wipe them from your mind. Young babysitter. She's an aspiring actress. Uh, and she's filmed something and they're editing what she was in. So they say, oh, we're editing it. So the babysitter says, bring it across. I'm babysitting. I'll have a look at it on video. So they go, okay, we'll put it on VHS. We'll bring it to where you are. Let us know where you are. And then this this is again where it clocked with me that in an actual proper timeline, maybe an hour has taken place. But there's yeah. so much that's happened that it should have taken like two days, really. So the the editor comes across to the house where Man Nurse is now with a big knife and is broken in, kills the female editor thinking it's his ex-wife, not knowing that she is really, well, as we've established, she's next door but one. In a fancy dress party with David Carradine. So he kills her. Then you think he's killed the kids because the babysitter goes into the kids' room and the and Alf is there with a slit throat. Um, then he chases the babysitter, but the kid is really alive. Fuck. Unfortunate. If ever I wished that a character was dead, it's Alf. And then, oh, look. The guillotine that's in the kid's room that they set up with him cutting a cabbage at the beginning of the film. Wonder what's going to happen. Ah, they they get him with it, with the guillotine, don't they? And then I've got, and I can't remember this, on my notes, I've just put babysitter death. Did the, baby, did the babysitter die because for the life of me? I can't remember. No, neither can I. I Doesn't that did. say a lot? We can't remember. My babysitter was very gullible as well. Like, how many of those kid that kid's tricks was she going to fall for? The kid. There is an unbelievable amount. He pretends to drown in the swimming pool. He does like the hand buzzer thing. He does stuff with knives and yeah, pretends his fingers chopped off. And 
he she just is. falls for it every time and oh, yeah it's brutal and by the time we be oh we let they remember it's a slasher movie like an hour and 10 minutes in or whatever like you don't give a fuck it's just like you lost me within minutes as soon as it, the kid like, and it's just a generic like there's nothing stand out about the slasher part of the film nothing it's just like this dickhead following around the girl in the house like cool I've seen that a million times this is mm-hmm. nothing special about this one how does it how does this get made friends in right places i guess this gary graves has yeah he must do because this is oh he's got awful. some dirt on someone <laughs> it probably does with david carradine you know. i did yeah that's true i did have to send you a whatsapp message apologising for my pain. Yeah, you knew you were in for trouble when like, I hadn't seen it. I saw you gave it one star on Letterbox, and then you sent me a message apologising. It's like, great. <laughs> you know, when you apologise, it's just like, but yeah, it just falls in, like, it's not entertaining. And like, obviously we love bad entertaining films, mm. but this is bad and boring, which is a worse combination. It is, yeah. And, and annoying. Bad, boring and annoying. Uh, yeah, with a hyper-annoying kid. Like, yeah, the moment I went on, I think it was actually IMDb I went on and I just saw the surname. I was like, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it's a nepotism director's son. A bit like he was well chuffed for director and the son. Like, yeah, I, I was in a film. Yeah, we went, it was in future years, it was in college. Maybe we got into the 90s, it was in college. Well, well maybe a bit earlier than that. And uh, like, yeah, I was in a film when he sat down with his mates in the dorm and watched it and they were just like, mate, yeah. we hate Slo- you now. Slowly leaving the room one by one. The end credits roll, and he turns around, and it's just him in the room alone. Everybody's just walked out. I mean, we were in a bad film, but well, at least yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it was Sammy Wai Cop Two: Deadly Vengeance was not a boring film. No, you cannot call it boring. There's other <laughs> words, but you cannot call it boring. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, not recommended. Uh, not worth a first time watch whatsoever everybody listening do not watch it we've saved i'm just going to look at the running time whatever it is the running time's too long hour and 31 jesus christ what a waste what a waste yeah don't bother a truly awful awful experience from beginning to end yeah right thanks dave you're welcome (laughs) again i'm sorry mate i'm sorry we'll move on to your rewatch pick It's the Rocky, shocking, new wave of horror, Howling 2. It's not over yet. That's how you finish a trailer. Oh, that's it. God, yeah, it dropped out for a minute there at one point. So was it finished? And then, yeah, big old howl at the end. So, yes, my movie pick is a film that also is definitely not something you can describe as boring. (laughs) It is The Howling 2, 
or The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, or The Howling 2, Sturber Werewolf Bitch. Take your pick. Which one's your favourite? Your sister is a werewolf because it's the most ridiculous title for a film. Your sister's a werewolf. It's like, have you name a film that? I mean, it's they say like, it a couple of times near the start. Christopher Lee says it, and I think the female Lee says it. It's but it then it's just like, like it's it's a shit film happens. It's a shit playground insult, isn't it? From yeah. like primary school. Your sister's yeah. a werewolf. Your sister's a werewolf. Your mum smells. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's such a weird title for something that's established within the first few minutes and then they don't say it again because like, we fucking know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay, this is a sequel to The Howling, the 1981 movie, uh, directed by Philippe Amora. Um, stars Christopher Lee, the great Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Also stars a not-so-great Red Brown and <laughs> Annie McEnroe um, and Sybil Danning. Yes. Now this film starts strong. Like uh, my God, I mean, I sent you. I mean, you'd already seen the film, and I sent you a video. This is how you start a film: Christopher Lee just talking absolute bollocks in the back with stars in the background, just like absolute shite. And it's like, yes, big old he, Christopher Lee narration to start the film. He's Loved in a it. different film all the way through. I'm sure he's got a different script to everybody else. <laughs> Apparently, he really did not enjoy making this film, but he—you don't see it like you could like with with um with trick or treats. You can see David Carradine couldn't give a shit. He looked yeah. bored, or he was on something, um, or both. Uh, <laughs> but Christopher Lee, he just does it. You know, he doesn't look particularly enthused. You know, he he, he just plays a role. He does he's it. A pro, so, mate, he is a the he's consummate a pro. pro. Really is. So Ben White, Reb Brown. Um, he's at a funeral of his sister, who was a werewolf. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, who was Karen White, who was the heroine of a previous film, hmm. if you might remember The Howling. I mean, that's really the only link. You don't really need to see The Howling to watch this, I don't think. No. Um, uh, uh, one of uh, Karen's colleagues, um, Stefan Crosco, it's Christopher Lee, um, who just shows up at the funeral and says, your sister was a werewolf was because she's dead um so your sister is a werewolf is immediately inaccurate <laughs> she's not alive your sister but was a werewolf yeah your sister was a werewolf should be the better title yeah but <laughs> okay so um they they go and have like like um jenny templeton um is a colleague of karen's all of these sort of characters like Oh, yeah, yeah, they knew the character of the last film, but they weren't in the last film. Excellent. <laughs> um, and, like, they have a meeting with Crosco, who tells them, again, your sister was a werewolf and has videotaped evidence of a transformation. Um, and he, and uh, they also have to, like, destroy her body when she rises from the grave. Yes, right. Keep that in mind, mate. They do have to destroy your body, okay. Um, there's also a scene in amongst this bit where Christopher Lee has to go to a nightclub. Oh my and God. he's given some funky, like, strip sunglasses to put on, and he looks excellent. <laughs> he probably didn't think so, but yeah, it's a, it's a memorable image for a film full of memorable images. Um, so Costco convinces the both of them, like, oh, okay, your sister's a werewolf. Now come with me to Transylvania. Hope. 
place not exactly known for werewolves, but mm. let's do it. To battle Sturber, Sybil Danning, who's an immortal werewolf, um, immortal werewolf queen. Um, and they, they also encounter Mariana, and uh, who the Wikipedia refers to as a lusty werewolf siren. Everyone's fucking lusty in this film. Everybody is on heat permanently. This is an incredibly horny film, possibly one of the horniest films of the 80s. It's I would definitely say. the horniest werewolf film. If, yeah, if you're absolutely. into, I don't know, a bit of lupine love, this is the film for you. <laughs> lupine love. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. A very niche genre, but, you know, it's there. Yeah. Um, so they go to Transylvania. Um, there's... Uh, there's, there's just a lot going on in this film and it's just one of those like it's mental it's absolutely it is. bonkers and I don't think we could cover everything in it we can't it cover everything to it. because it needs to be seen to be believed this <laughs> because I there's a few things I want to I want to cover and the main one is near the beginning so yeah. the titular sister who we have now established was a werewolf and not is a werewolf and she's dead. She, and so they go with Christopher Lee and whoever else. And she's in a coffin with a glass top on it. Yes. So you can see her in the coffin. And, and she goes all werewolfy because Christopher Lee's going to kill her. And then they go, no, you can't. She's my sister. And she goes all werewolfy. He doesn't kill her, does he? You never see the sister being killed. She's well, left if because uh, me uh, Tina said, and I went, oh, yeah, she's in the coffin as a werewolf, screaming and going mad and hitting the glass and all of this, right? And then that's it. They leave her, just bolted up in this in this uh, coffin. That could be werewolf. an argument for the title actually being correct. Then your sister is a werewolf because you <gasps> never see her get killed. So, oh yeah. She's trapped in the coffin as a werewolf. Yeah, so, so yeah, we've swung back is, now. Yeah. They thought so, about I'm, it. Smart people, these filmmakers. They eh? smart us. You see, we thought we were being clever, and really we weren't. We've been caught yeah. out. So all sorts going is going on with this um, in this town. There's a parade of sorts. There's a festival going on. There's dwarfs. Uh, it's just there's just so much going on in this film. Sturber, Sybil Denning knows her hair. She's just has a threesome. It's now, <laughs> now, now when then. she has when she has this threesome, there's a scene where she rips her top off and exposes her boobs. Yes, we will come back to this. We most certainly it, will. It is a incredibly brief scene of about four seconds. Not even that. Not even we'll that. come back to that. Um, so, like, I don't know how much you've got here. I just, it's just so much happens in this film, just weird stuff. Well, you've, you, because you've just, you've just mentioned, we we cannot just in passing mention a three-way werewolf sex scene and just move on from that. Yeah, there because... is, um, yeah, it was um, Mar- Mariana and Eri was his name, Eri. And, and... Um, yeah, they just, yeah, that's when she ripped the top off and then they sort of turn into werewolves and it's all... Harry. It's like you'd imagine you've got this thing now called furries, haven't you? Where they put on like costumes and shit. It's like a it's like a full on that would be like a furry fantasy where they really are furry. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's a full-on, or like we see, I mean, we don't see the orgy, but we see the aftermath of it. There's a scene where Sybil Danning's in her sort of like werewolf queen throne, and there's just lots of nude, horny werewolves all just lying around, like they've just been all shagged out. Like it would be, it'd be a bit messy, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? With sweat, sweat and body fluid all over the hair. It's not, yeah, it doesn't go together and stuff. Yeah, it's molting. If they're in molting, it's a cleanup job afterwards. It's, uh, (laughs) it's just, yeah, it's a really like, yeah, it's just like everything's just sort of steeped in sex. Um, the two, uh, uh, Red Brown and the other one, they sort of get with each other almost as soon as they get to Transylvania in their hotel room. I mean, but like they're both awful in it. These two, like the oh, two terrible. leads, that terrible. Are Christopher Lee, they're just awful. They're just really bad actors. Um, so you don't really, you, you're just like, oh, cool. They've like you don't care that about their relationship or anything. And, mm. But yeah, and Christopher Lee just is Christopher Lee. Christa, I could watch Christopher Lee in anything. The yeah. same with Peter Cushing. The pair of them can, can be in anything. I'd watch it. There is, you know, you were saying with everything going on and there's the parade and this, that, and the other. There's also, you know, there's a big uh, like music festival thing going on and the band, the bands that only knows one song <laughs> that you heard in the trailer. How many times? Is I don't think we heard that song enough. The pill, 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 out of the moon. Just again and again and oh. again and again. It's just like, no, keep playing it, keep playing it. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep going over that like so much. I mean, Sybil Danny, because you see, like you said, and we will come back to it, of her top ripping, boob exposing. And she's been in the three way werewolf sex scene, but she also wears this outfit. And it's like, it's as though there was going to be like a female version of Kiss. And ah, she's going to yeah. be in it. it. That's what it reminded me of. They had to have shot the footage where she had to wear that thing in one day or like all at once because how did they get her in and out of that? It looked uncomfortable. Yeah, it looked, I think I've watched the interview of her on the Arrow video Blu-ray of it and she talks about that uh, costume, but that looks... It looks great, but I don't. Yeah, it does I, look I good. feel it like she probably wouldn't have found it that comfortable. <laughs> and we have, of course, I think we mentioned in the last episode, we did back in the day a interview show with Sybil Danning, which we haven't released on sixty MW yet. And I can't remember because it was quite a few years ago. We must, surely, we must have touched on Howling I Two have when we seen the Howling Two at this point because I was like when I chose it, I was just like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that two or three years ago. Yeah, I'll do that as a, a rewatch. And then I looked on Letterboxd, and the first time I saw it was not even one year ago. It was April 2021. <laughs> I was just like, wow, okay. Well, I said it now. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, so, yeah, no, I wouldn't have brought it up, uh, Howling 2, because at that point I'd never seen it. So. Oh, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, um, no, I think that's definitely one we need to uh, revisit. And just, uh, yeah, we will have to re-release that interview show, I'm sure. Be yeah, so. because, yeah, I mean, another topic would be the top ripping. The, yeah. yeah, she has opinions. On, I definitely remember she has opinions on that. Yeah. What happened with that at the end. Um, I mean, as I said, I don't want to go too much, like, spoil everything because it's such a weird film. It's very different in tone to the original Howling. Now, I love the original <laughs> yeah, Howling. Just a bit. <laughs> I love the original Howling. I think it's great. And But, but this is, as are all of the Howling sequels, 
such a departure from it. Yeah, I think I know, like, I think I enjoyed it just based on Letterboxd and just your reactions. I think I enjoyed it more than you. You did, Because yeah. I'm not as invested in the Howling franchise. Like, mm. I don't, it's not, I don't care if they go in a weird direction with it. Um, but if, you, if you're a big fan of the original, yeah. you'd be like what have you done? <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it when it came out on, on video. And of course I'd already seen the howling and was a big fan. And then this comes out and it's like, what the fuck have you done to the howling franchise? Now I need to go back. I need to go back. Rewind to, um, the first time we see this band in the nightclub. Okay. Um, not five minutes after Christopher Lee's epic intro, who shows up in a scene but our Lord and Saviour, Jimmy Nail. Oh, my. how have we not mentioned... Well, actually, yet yeah, more to the point, how have you not mentioned Jimmy Nail until this point when he's in it? Jimmy Nail plays... He does have a character name, but I think on IMDb and Letterboxd, it's just punk. Can we talk um, about his American accent? His <laughs> accent. Was that supposed to be American? Like, I think his Geordie so. was just cut. It's too strong. You can't cut through that. <laughs> it was just... Oh, it was just like... I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, this is like Jimmy Nails just shown up. And like he, him and his mate, um, they go off a uh, couple of werewolves and they, I know one of them's not a werewolf. One of the girls, so what girl Jimmy Nail gets with isn't a werewolf and they both get killed and the other guy gets killed by uh, the uh, the other horny werewolf who ends up in the freeway. Um, it's just like, if five minutes, I mean, like it's just such a strong start. Five minutes in, Jimmy... Uh, Christopher Lee giving a massive speech. Jimmy Nail shows up. Just like, this is ticking all my boxes. It is. That is a, a that's like, too big. Tom I mean, the whole boxes. film, honestly, it just ticks all my boxes for bizarre trash. It feels maybe with you, it goes too far because mm. it's, you know, a sequel to a film. But yeah. for me, I'm just like big Christopher Lee speech. Christopher Lee, big Christopher Lee. Generally, Jimmy Nail shows up. Horny werewolf sex. This is weird. <laughs> a dwarf gets chucked out of a window. <laughs> mutilated priest like it doesn't make any sense it's fucking weird a synth band just playing the same song over and over again <laughs> over and over and over again i'm just like i love it i just love it it's shite <laughs> I, will, I will point out and this is probably be for listeners outside of the uk that might not know who jimmy nail is he's an actor over here in the uk who came to prominence in a tv show called alvida same pet and also then went on to become a, well a, a bit of a music star who yeah the early early 90s was crocodile shoes ain't love don't live here anymore and oh. one of the greatest songs ever written ain't no doubt <laughs> like he was big i mean people might have seen him tra- i'm gonna sneeze I'm just gonna put myself on mute <laughs> He was he was on fire. I got to admit. I mean, I know your love of "Ain't No Doubt" is has, has been mentioned many times. Yes, we. Um, in fact, I don't know if I've ever told the story. Um, at Eve, at one point, we were. I mean, I googled it trying to find his agent. There was a wrestler, or still is a wrestler, who at the point at that point was a heel, a bad guy, bad girl, and um, just gave it all of that big big mouth. And we wanted Jimmy Nail just to come down out the back while she's talking, take the mic for her and just go, she's lying. <laughs> Drop the mic and leave. And it's like, honestly, a joke three of us would have got. But it would have been a moment. And I literally Googled trying to find his age. Just like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jimmy now. Like, there you go, people. 
Jimmy Nail, ain't no doubt. That's yeah, your first anyway, Google. Anyway, YouTube that, watch yeah. a video, and just enjoy this almost spoken word performance. That was a number one in the UK for three weeks, I think. What a heady three weeks that was. <laughs> the nation just recovering from 16 weeks of Brian Adams got that. <laughs> got that, yeah, to recover. <laughs> well. Jimmy Nail. Um, yeah, the film. Yeah, but, yeah, no, like, the film's just... Yeah, it ends, yeah, obviously, spoilers. Um, Spoiler, it, it ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the film ends. Shocker. Now, Christopher Lee was... The, was it the brother of Sturber in the end? Was that... You know what? I cannot remember. I think that was a revelation, and they both they both get killed um, in battle at the end. He with a lot of very poor. When you look at them now, special effects, the uh, yeah stuff swirling around them and all that. It is pretty poor, but yeah, it's just a wonderful film. It's a wonderful film that continues into the end credits. Ah, oh, right, the end credits. Where... Okay, so the end credits, not surprisingly. Uh, contain the song being played again. Oh my god, they play the song as if it's not been played enough at this point. Interspersed with clips from the film. Now, apparently, the agreement was Sybil Danning was like, okay, I will bear my breasts, but I'll do it in one short, like, four, as you said, three or four seconds. Just scene. rip, she just one scene and that's rips it. off a top, didn't she? So they're showing clips from the film. They show the clip of her bearing her breasts. In the end credits, twenty times, and I'm not just pulling that number out of my ass. I counted <laughs> twenty times. They showed the same clip to get their money's worth in air quotes, I guess. But yeah, she yeah the vid- the Arrow video Blu-ray interview. Yeah, she weren't pleased. I'm not surprised. Edited by Charles Bornstein. Perfect. Edited, edited one-handed. By Charles Bornstein. <laughs> Just lit. It was <laughs> those end credits. It seemed almost like petty and vindictive. Like, oh no, one three or four second scene. We'll show her. Just awful. It, and it is. It's. It is. Well, it's. I was going to say it's clip of the film. Sybil Danning ripping a top off. Clip of the film. But it's not. There'll be like one, two, three, four, like consecutive shots of her just yeah. ripping a top off. And then his oh okay we'd better show a clip of what you've just watched. Here's Sybil Danning's tits again. One, yeah. two, and it's like yeah, what? all the other clips are only shown once. Yeah, yeah. But this gets lit, as I say literally twenty times. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, that that's a little a bit of a sour note for a film because that's yeah quite exploitative and not needed and yes. just yeah a bit creepy. Um, but rest of it. <laughs> I mean, it's, as I say, it's very much my sort of thing. Um, I think you've nailed it. Nailed it, Jimmy. Nailed it a little, oh, little, little nice. pun there. Uh, yeah, I think you've nailed it with, with what you said because you you do enjoy it more than me. You give it a higher score on Letterboxd than I did. And I think it is because, and I never thought about it this way, I think it is because I watched The Howling when it came out, really loved it. And then when this came out, such disappointment with it yeah if this was a sequel to american Werewolf in london and they did this to it i'd be like what the fuck yeah if this was like vampires and it was a sequel to near dark i'd be like fuck you this is awful yeah. but because it's like i don't mind the howling i think it's fine but it's not a film i had any particular attachment to so i don't really care what they do in the sequels yeah, yeah i mean i kind of enjoy it a bit more <laughs> it's, because, I still it's think... because it's crazy yeah um 
if, and, for and a we're talking of things they show over time, the transformation scene is not much of a transformation scene, but they just mm. reuse the same footage. And they also, that they actually show a couple of times at the end credits as yeah. well. Just for, yeah. And that's just like very, they just reuse that a few times as well just to save money. Per. So was it worth, I don't need to ask this for you, mate, but was it worth a rewatch? Yeah. I'll probably leave it a bit longer than 11 months before I watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I, I, if think... I find someone who hasn't seen it, maybe I'll watch it with them. But uh, yeah, I just, as I say, it's a very me film. Uh, it's just weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, well, Tina hadn't watched it before. It was a first time watch for her. And. I think she enjoyed it more than I did. Actually, she was she was laughing. Yeah, she said to me she was laughing all the way through it. Yeah, like, she was well, laughing all the way through it. And I think I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it again unless there is a caveat to this. I would rewatch it if, for example, say I was with you or yes. somebody who enjoys films like that is like minded. Then I'd rewatch it. Yeah, watch it with a crowd. Yeah, who are like yeah, like I'd watch it. With, I'd love to see it with Prince Charles or something like that. Yeah, just a room full of people just being like. What? Yeah, that would be good, but it's not something that I would, you know, if I'm by myself and go, oh, I'll put a film on. I'll tell you what, I'll rewatch Howling 2. It's not one of those that I'd do. Oh, that yeah, with. yeah. I mean, I think the next time I watch it will probably be, oh, you know, I'll be found with friends and be like, yeah, have you seen this? Let's put this on. <laughs> Enjoy this. Yeah. Um, I keep saying this, you know, take two minutes, send us an email. Have you seen Howling 2? What do you think? And we'll respond on the next show would be quite interesting lots of homework for people tell us about the yeah. two films tell us about the two films let us know about you know that rolling stone top 100 how many have you seen all that kind of stuff uh we will be back in a second uh with the, our two picks it's my first time watch pick uh is it my no it's my rewatch pick you're gonna yeah, come back time yeah i'm up first you're gonna come back in just a second with your first time watch pick for the next month's show so uh until then Before you jump in, mate, there is something I've got to bring up, and this will piss you off. I know it will piss you off. <laughs> IMDb, Trick or Treats is a 3.9. Yes. Howling 2 is a 3.6. It's lower than Trick or Treats. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, I can understand it being a 3.6 because of, you know, it's shit. But... I mean, I would, you know, I would have thought Trick or Treats would be in the twos just because it's shit and boring. Yeah. One thing you can't say about The Howling too is it's boring. Exactly. Which, but again, I guess, I don't know. There was some review. That, I mean, there weren't many good reviews on Letterboxd of Trick or Treats, but there was a couple that gave you like four stars. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> I just, I know obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just can't hmm. see why people would enjoy it. There are certain films where, yeah, I just, I can't. I can't think of one positive thing that you could say about it that would go, yeah, well, at least it's got that in it. But anyway, your first time watch pick, mate. My first time watch pick. Now, I, I, unlike you, I went on Letterboxd for this one to check the scores because <laughs> I'm convinced you had better traits. So overall, there's, like, God, the first review, the most popular review of it gave it five stars, which I probably don't think is going to be a five-star film, but there's plenty of three or four stars, and there was enough to pique my interest. So this is 
from a director of Never Too Young to Die. He only directed three films. Oh. Never Too Young to Die, this one, and there's something called Crystal Heart, which just by the poster looks like it was in the 80s. It stars Robert Forster. It also stars two friends of 80s Picture House, uh, Cynthia Rothrock and Fred the Hammer Williamson. Yes. It's from 1997. I've chosen it because Fred the Hammer Williamson and Cynthia Rothrock are in it. Of course. It is called Night to Vision. How has this passed us by, mate? Yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, it's on it's on Prime if you're in the UK and you want to watch along. But yeah, we'll be talking about that. There's enough there's enough good sounding stuff from Letterbox. That, uh, I was like, nah, this should be good, good fun. <laughs> well, my rewatch pick is something I went. So what I normally do with the rewatch, obviously, I go to Tom's Letterbox which is, you know, it's catalogued your films, like you said, since 2012. So I know if anything's on there from the last 10, 10 years. I checked this. It wasn't on there. So I did have to message you, mate, didn't I, and go, have you watched this? Uh, I did check on Letterboxd. Not just that, I did check the score. The majority of the people on Letterboxd are giving it a three, which is pretty good. Three out of five. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, you know, not too bad. I honestly can't remember <laughs> think about it at all. I really can't. I, I think I watched it. I probably watched it once on VHS. Well, I know I did watch it at least once on VHS. Um, it's written by Don Mancini. Nice. Charles, Charles Play. Bit of pedigree there. Uh, directed by John Carl Buchler. Big special oh, cool. effects guy. A lot of the special effects guys during the 80s, didn't they? Then went on and, and did uh, some directing. He directed quite okay. a few. It stars, among others, Yvonne De Carlo, horror, female horror royalty. Does that yeah, name mean anything to you from... from uh, the Monsters. Of course. And Jeffrey Coombs as well, Reanimator. Yeah. So it is from 1987. It clocks in at just over an hour and a quarter. Which is good, uh, and it's cellar dweller. Yeah, I think the title. I was like, I'm sure I've seen that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. So, uh, yeah, interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Can't be any worse than trick or treats. That's very true. And uh, it's good, as you say, good pedigree there. Yeah, with uh, writer director stars. So that's that's mm. it, immediately. It's going to be better than. Trick or treats. Yeah, it's got to be. There's known quantities in the horror world, so, yeah. <laughs> Let's see how we go. And that is on YouTube. If yeah, people so want if to you watch, want watch it. along with that, yeah, yeah watch it on YouTube. So yeah. both easily accessible if people want to yeah, if you want to send in their thoughts. Mm, yeah, watch it before we record next month and uh, get in touch with us, which is a, an amazing segue, mate, for how people can get in touch with us. Oh, look at that. Almost yeah. 10 years together and, with, and seamless. Yes, yeah, the hang of it. Yeah, at last. <laughs> go go to 60mw.co.uk, numerical 60, not alphabetical. There's contact form on there, or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60mw.co.uk. Everything's on there, all the format shows we do. Links to our Twitter, Instagram, at 60mw podcast, and a hell of a lot more. Just go and have a look, even though I know all of you have got it bookmarked as your homepage anyway. But, you know, just for the odd one or two people that maybe haven't a new listener, they're going to, you know, it's now going to be their homepage. That's what you do. Uh, so we'll be back in uh, April. April. April already. Well, it almost is now. It's uh, 
yeah, as we record on what is it, the twenty eighth? Yeah, yeah. So crazy. Uh, spring has sprung already. Buds are coming out. The clocks have gone forward. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and you're just about to go off and make something to eat. Yep, have something to eat and go to sleep. I think my eyes are getting heavy. Oh, I didn't. Have a, I mean, I had plenty of sleep last night, but you know, when you just need more, it's it's. It's still that weekend, mate, catching up on you. you know yeah, I was thinking, oh, well, at least I've got a quiet weekend coming up. That's no! Don't. So, but yeah, next next time I'll report back on Magnum, I'll report back on Alex Winter. I'm also going to see FM in the next, oh, before the next show. Nice. Um, I know we've got an interview on, uh, you had an interview for Drummer. Yeah, FM. Um, yeah, Pete Jupp, that went online today as we yeah. record. Which will actually, as this episode is released, if you're listening to them in order, it will be the episode that was released just before this one. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, yeah, um, I'll report back on all of that and probably some more stuff I don't even know about yet. Hopefully, I might have some just, you know, what's happened that doesn't involve hospitals or hemorrhoids. Let's hope so for on both of those ones. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> right, until then, I say goodbye, and now I can watch Tom as he closes the show. Yes, okay. Let's get ready to... Bye! <laughs> As his picture disappears straight away. Damn you. <laughs> well done, mate. Well done. That was good. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next month. Cheerio.